0: Welcome to an engaging episode of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man. And, well, there's just no other way to say it. This week, my friends, we've been engaged. Give it up for the Brent. I'm engaged. Yeah, there you go, boy. That's what happens when you get engaged, man. In case you didn't know it, if you fell out of a turnip truck, whatever, we spun the wheel. We made the deal, the big old deal. And this week, bam. It's the N-Gage. Oh. I don't know why I made the X symbol with Mars. Yeah. It's the N-Gage. Can't really do the N. Well, Brit? Yes. You know, you were a, a young man when Never. the Engage honed into view, the Nokia Engage. gauge Yes. Uh, do you recall uh, seeing this thing come into view and your thoughts as this thing honed in? Nope. I don't remember anything. I don't remember any hype about it. Really? I, I do remember it showing up in uh, uh, GameSpot and in EBs and places like that. You mean like reviews and whatnot? No, no. Physical unit. Oh, I see. Because you used to be able to buy them. So you saw the boxes mm. and stuff, but you didn't have any oh, yeah. them at Well, all. you used to go, you could go to the gaming stores and yeah. buy these things, right? Yeah. And you would get 30 days or something with the, like, stick-in temporary SIM card. Yeah. But then you'd have to take it to a, a cell phone carrier and get it on a cell phone plan, or it wouldn't work. Huh. So, yeah. I didn't so know that. I, I do remember seeing those in stores, and I, I in stores, I picked one up, and I fiddled with one. I played with one that way. Mm-hmm. But I knew no one that owned them. I knew no one that cared about them. Uh Oh, that's... No <laughs> it, one cared about them? Nah, that's the worst. It was... And... There was a lot of hype around these. I mean, looking back now, I don't remember any of it. I remember the the hype for the, the Game Boy SP and the 3DS and the PSP, which was all also happening in this area or this time frame. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember anything for the N-Gage. I'm not saying it didn't happen because I know it happened, but I don't remember didn't, any of didn't it. didn't happen much. Let's get into it a little bit, Brent. I did a little—I did a little what they call research on the old gauge here because I knew all about this in terms of I remember it, but I remember it uh, more for its uh, hilarity than anything else. So, uh, yes, this is the N-Gage manufactured by uh, cell phone giant Nokia, and what you had here was uh, this is a this is a combination telephone and uh, portable video game console, a la the GBA. That's what they were going for at the time. Uh, this thing got released uh, way back in October. Get this, this is longer than you would think. October seventh, two thousand three. Yeah, Brent. Way back, it had about a three-year run before they discontinued this sucker in February of two thousand six. So really, that's only a, really two years and some change. In all honesty, and, and those are mostly lies. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, now, so what was the gimmick here? Well, what you had here was uh, a uh, was a uh, I'm calling this a conventional phone would be a lie think of this thing was known as the taco yeah you had a yeah you had to hold it to your face. get me on big screen Aaron they need to I, understand. I don't, I'll get you on big screen that's it. director Brent that's it okay well here you go get on there. You, you had to you couldn't hold the phone like this yeah the earpieces were on the edge so it was like this yeah and so it was it was awkward it sort of reminds me shapewise wise of like the GP2X or something that if, if it was rounded on the corner. No, the GBA. It was a GBA. Well, it was. It's weird. It's a weird looking device. It looked like when you held it up to your head, you had some sort of cybernetic elephant ear. <laughs> All right. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> but but oh, by the way, you could make calls and looking like a geek, but God, that no one bought it for that. They bought this thing to play some some games, brother. And, and if they did do that, whoa. Well, well, I mean, they did have games. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, this thing uh, was sort of, um, you know. Listen, it's funny in a day and age now where everyone's got a phone that plays all the games. In yeah. fact, we played this these games on your phone. Yes. Uh, uh, but in the old days, we had basically Jack squat. You, if you wanted you could have your phone and you had your portable gaming. It device. was a two-pocket system, right? And so, what Engage was trying to jump the gap there to give you one. Big encompassing system. It's not the worst idea. Oh no, it was a it was a fine idea. The execution ahead of its time yeah, uh, was a little bit lacking. So uh, this thing ran on the popular uh, Symbian OS. So that you know you had a lot of options there. A lot of people uh, used the, the Symbian OS. It was 6.1, and this had, had thing had an ARM processor and stored its games on a uh, multimedia card an SD card. So it's sort of like uh, your uh, your uh, modern Switch. It's the same kind of thing. It's, it's funny, that media has sort of been around forever, the little media cards. Oh, yeah. Now, when this thing launched, it had a lot of promises it made. It promised great phone service. It promised gaming, great like, Game Boy Advance level gaming, which that's what it was competing with. It promised to crush Yeah. <laughs> The competition. And it also promised uh, online uh, and uh, multi-user games via uh, the phone and via Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. So you've had options for multiplayer games. So, you know, if you're going to ha- make all these promises, brother, you've got to absolutely have uh, pony up the money. And that's exactly what they did here. Because this thing launched for 299 bucks. Uh, in in today's wad, you're looking around four hundred and fifty. Yeah, big bucks. So it's a four hundred and fifty. It's funny now, people routinely spend a thousand dollars on a phone. But in the, back in these days, no one spent $1,000. Well, the difference is, nowadays, a phone is a computer. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I don't remember the most expensive phone I had back... Well, I didn't have a cell phone for the longest time, but I can guarantee you, it was probably a Nokia, and it probably rang me up for about 80 bucks. Here's something that, that can't be understated. Yeah. Nokia, during this time, was an absolute giant. They were bringing in billions upon billions of dollars. And they controlled, I think it was like sixty or sixty-five percent of the phone market. Yeah, just Nokia. I mean, yeah. that's unheard of. So it, it wasn't like there was some scrub taking this on. They absolutely had the ability to pull this off. So let's talk about let's talk about the, some of the problems with the phone. Okay, we've talked about using it as a phone. We've talked about how it's awkward. The games on this thing, and this is the one thing I heard, like when it launched, The first, I, I thought, hey, look, a phone that plays games. Pretty cool. But I didn't realize that it was going to be so big of a hassle. To play the games, you have to uh, take your phone, remove the back cover, then remove the battery. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So keep in mind, so here you've opened your phone, you've removed the back cover, you've removed the battery, and then you had to take the card. You had to lay it flat down where the battery sets in the back of it. You take your finger and you slide it under two grooves that lock it into position where it can be read. And then you put the battery back. And then of course when you put the battery back in and put the lid back on, then you've got to reset the time. Okay? This happened with every single game swap. Yeah. There was no multi-card. There wasn't this was every time you wanted to switch games. So if you're in, and I don't know about you, but I'll switch games quite a few times if I get bored or whatever. You do have a low attention span. This thing does one thing; it does, and some people love this. It makes you play the game you put in there because I mean you're going to get good at that one game because it's locked in there until you have to go through all that rigmarole to take it back out. Now they Mm. did uh, fix that in later versions of the phone. But we're focusing on the on the main boy right now. Yeah. That, the first release. Yeah, and this did have a few other releases, including the QD, but that, I mean, what were they thinking there, Brent? Honestly, this is a this is a screw up of monumental proportions to me. Yeah. And this tells me that people that designed this phone probably didn't design video games or had ever had any sort of video games. Because this is just the pitfalls of this, what if you break the tabs on the back where the card slides under? Also taking a battery in and out like that, handling the battery? Every part of this is a horrible idea. The fact of the wear and tear on the back of the of the case, it's a horrible idea. Yeah. What do you think about this? Well, um, first of all, I think it's kind of funny. The Engage were complaining that you had to keep taking the battery in and out. And I beg, I beg to have a cell phone nowadays where so I can take the battery yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But think but, about Every time you switch games, do you want right, to switch the battery out? Right. Um, it was absolutely a design disaster. Uh, it, why did they do it? I don't know. Uh, I know they were... They were working with what they had for a lot of this, like the screens that they used on the N-Gage were the same screens they were using on other phones. Yeah, they which were, is just they were two point one inch TFT displays. Is what? It, yeah. uh, it, 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 think about that. And, and here's <laughs> what you have to understand with that is that is not the 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 ratio was not a ratio for gaming. Like a lot of games had options. Where you could letterbox what you were playing to put it in the correct ratio, where the game would actually you know run to better and look better, but that just shows you that they had so little uh, or so lack of vision on how the gaming on this was going to work for a phone that was a gaming phone. It just it's a little mind boggling that Nokia, this huge company, could make so many little flaws and little labels like yeah. that now let's talk about the controls <clears throat> all right a little bit on the on the engage so the engage has a, a, a I guess a control pad of sorts on the left and on yeah the, yeah yeah on the right is where you would normally type in the phone number Yes. well also those buttons double as your game buttons no 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 this is the <laughs> wrong move uh, because people didn't like that didn't like using phone buttons to play their game. Uh, as you can imagine, so the well, controls weren't what I would call well received. I've read a lot of people complain <clears> about them. <throat> it's not that that they were also phone buttons; it's that they were all so bunched together. When you would go to hit one key, you'd often hit two or three because they were small. They were tiny. This was a full ten uh, character digital or not digital pad uh, analog pad with star and pound sign in this little itty bitty corner of the phone yeah um also something aaron i, I don't know if you're going to mention this are you going to mention the the fm radio button no no Go okay ahead. the the engage in their infinite wisdom i guess trying to be all things for all people there's a button on the phone like not in the menus not in the settings there's a button on the phone that turns on your the, uh, uh fm tuner pretty cool That's well neat. but it, the, the the phone is so busy. Yeah. The front of the phone is so busy. Yeah, and I will say, they, they did try to make that this... That was removed screen. later, by they the way. They tried to make this a jack-of-all-trades because, again, okay, granted, does it use a, can you use it a phone? Yes. Can you use it to play games? Yeah. It also will play MP3s. It also has PDA features on it. The <laughs> funny thing about this, keep in mind, 2.1-inch TFT screen, okay? That's tiny. Now... This thing with PDA PDA features pretty amusing to think of what you could what you could do with this but the uh, weird thing is the processor in this that ARM processor this thing was a pretty darn good processor it was better than the GBAs Oh processor. Yeah. and so you could actually as we we, we looked through games and trying to pick games that we wanted to play which we'll get to that in a minute uh, <laughs> but uh, the games for this if you like if just like emulated for example if you look at them it's, real, it's a really good footage like, they look pretty good. I mean, yeah. they look visually good. These aren't, like, uh, crap games. I mean, these are pretty... I mean, in terms of the look, they sort of look like a kind of game you might play on, like, a handheld. Yeah, no, the The Engage was powerful. Yeah. It was a powerful device for the time. There is absolutely no disputing that. So, let's talk about the release of the Engage a little bit. I was, was nosing around on Wiki and some other places. They were talking about... The uh, what they had planned to achieve with the engage, what they actually achieved. So uh, on the first, they, because they actually were, this was bill as the GBA killer, or at least a heavy competitor. They, to the GBA that, like. Why engage thought it was necessary to to go right after Nintendo? What a dumb yeah. move! Yeah. So in the first weeks, according to the Wiki, in the first weeks of the U.S., the Game Boy Advance outsold the engage one hundred to one. Yeah. It, so it was quickly realized that no. This was not going to be a competitor to the Engage, And so, then you... I love when this happens when, uh, with stuff like this. So, then you've got Nokia going into damage control. Because everyone knows they're getting their butts handed to them. And so, they start sort of fudging the numbers. And so, when they announced, they originally announced that they'd shipped a million of these things... They meant to distributors. They didn't actually sell a yeah. million, and so oh, and then the, that number's way. Inflated. They had they had to they had to basically admit someone in a line uh, that they had they had done that, and eventually uh, it's theorized that they actually got rid of or sold or whatever three million of these things in the in the field. No chance. Oh no, there's every possibility that they because there is the, no chance. At the end of the day, they were they were selling these things for peanuts. Yes. They dropped the price a week after launch. A week, they slashed the price. Yeah, well, they knew they were in trouble. They knew they were in, they were in big trouble. Uh, and so, but they, to their credit, they did support the engage pretty much right up until the end. Now, uh, well, here's the funny thing. They said, uh, we are going to release uh, between 50 and 100 games by the end of the year. And then they had one of their CEO guys, or I don't know if it was a CEO, but it was an upper-level guy say, you know, we're not going to hit those numbers. It's probably going to be closer to 40. Well, the Engage uh, uh, company freaked out and said, no, this guy's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We don't know why he said that. He just he misunderstood what we were talking about somewhere else. Uh, 50 to 100 games, it's going to happen. The total library for the Engage, thirty-three games. Yeah, well, it was. It, they did not. They didn't manage to quite get the amount of of, of action they wanted no. out of the deal. Uh, so, uh, you know, with all that said, uh-huh. that you you do have a portable machine that does, in fact, uh, have a, a, a decent library. Now, according to my numbers, you had a total of fifty-eight full titles released for the Engage. And 56 of those were North American releases. Yeah, the 33 was at the end of that year. And the titles that were released over in Europe only, and they had two separate ones, something called Flowboarding was released in Germany and the UK, and Sega Rally was released in Australia and Brazil. The funny thing about this, though, if you look at the library for this thing, I mean, there are it's an all-star cast. Yeah. Like, a lot of big games from big companies were on here, so they were all trying to get their... Uh, get themselves positioned for the mobile market here. The corporate hype guy deserves a cookie. Yeah. Because he got a lot of big-name companies on board. Yeah, so, I mean, they gave it a shot. Listen, th- sometimes this happens, and uh, it just didn't take off. So, now, before we get to uh, our picks this week, I want to talk about uh, the emulation of, of the engage. right. All right. Uh, um I had never even attempted to emulate this before. Nearby. And I so, knew it was, I knew, I had heard it was very difficult. Much like our phone, Java phone games episode, yeah. J2ME from a couple of weeks ago, I'd hoped this would be as simple as that was. It was not. In fact, I never successfully did it. I had to get, I tried using BlueStacks, and I mean, I struggled. I mean, and, and ultimately, the first game that I picked, which was going to be Glimmerati, I couldn't we couldn't get to work uh, under any circumstances on emulation. So I had, which is a shame, because Glimmerati, just to touch on it briefly, is a is a game where you, you take the role of a, an up and coming millionaire who's trying to make his way through high society by winning drag races and car races and driving around. And it looked, I mean, the actual I watched most of the game, and it looked great. I was dying to play it, but I couldn't get to work. Real quick, Aaron, yeah. we actually have a Discord review for Glimmerati. Yeah, so someone got it to work. Well, why don't you give that give that a whisper? Well, while we, know, yeah, well, I guess while we're on the subject, we can talk about it. But anyway, <coughs> the, the uh, 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 Glimmerati was an interesting looking game, but we struggled mightily, and ultimately, I was like, I, said, I was trying to run this thing on the PC, and it, I couldn't get it to work on there, so we had to use Brent's phone. Uh, well, to make it happen, and let, and let me talk a little bit about that while you're getting the review pulled up. Um, this was a beast. It, is this the worst thing I've ever emulated? No. Uh-uh. No, no, that's the FM Towns. And it forever will be. Uh, this is right up there. Because I did get the FM Towns to work. I yeah. couldn't get this to work. This, This. well, I, I yeah. I mean, I got FM Towns to, to chug along, but it was by putting forks in my eyes. Um, To get this to work on the phone, uh, you have to first download the program. No problem there. Then you have to incorporate the ROMs, the, the system BIOS, if you will, yeah, in, into the program. And anytime you're transferring files between devices from computers to phones, it's always going to be a little bit tricky. But getting everything in the right spot is mind-bending. Yeah. For example, the games have to go like six directories deep into a drives folder, but it has to go in E. And there are folders for C through F. So unless you just know that it has to go into E, you would never figure it no, out. Yeah, you have to follow again. And the online tutorials for this are okay. They're all over the map. Though. That's how I eventually got it figured out. However, they're all every single one of them I found were over a year old. Yeah. And the 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 program had updated since then. Things that worked before didn't work now, things that were in one place were not in the other. I had to. I could not use the official BIOS. Uh, I had to use a game developer's BIOS. Yep, um, I thought it I too. It it was it was a beast. It, was, it was a beast. And there is not a huge community out there uh, <laughs> no. to get this stuff more user friendly. And we'll get we'll get to that and more of that uh, community here in a minute when I talk about my game. But I do want to touch on just because uh, Pajako had the decency to, to phone this in. He had a look at Glimmerati, the game I discussed a minute ago, and he writes, The story and the script are cheesy as hell and straight from a daytime TV soap opera, but it suits the game brilliantly. You want to keep playing just to find out what happens. How they managed to get Sean Connery to the voice for Maxwell is amazing. It's not really Sean Connery. It's it does sound just, like sound just like him. It sounds just like him. Under the hood, you have a fairly by-the-books racing game. Good selection of cars, tracks, and characters to race against. It's a tad laggy to control at times, but not totally unplayable. But not totally unplayable. I ended up playing this for a good hour or so. The main problem I found was that the camera angle didn't give you enough view of the upcoming road, bit of in time, and I've often would end up smashing the corners. It's fine in some of the races as you get direction arrows to give you a heads up, but general driving challenges do not. I strangely found myself tilting the device trying to get a better view of the road. Sadly, the in-game is a great idea with very badly executed and a lot of games. Like this should have gotten a GBA port. Glimmerati is definitely worth playing if you have a device capable of an 8 out of 10. And it did look good. Yeah. But Craig, it crashed all over the place for yeah. me. I couldn't do anything with it. So crashed every time that I That meant I had up. to make an emergency backup game selection. And I did. And I'm going to lead the dance with my emergency backup game selection. And it's bam. It's tricky to rock around. I told you to go get it in. It's SSX out of bounds it's not even tricky anymore but I'm still saying it. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, quintessential snowboarding brand SSX yes uh, and this is their out of bounds game Brent uh, this released uh, for the Endgames in January of 2005 now believe it or not, this is one of the rare games that actually was released on other systems. Yes. This, all, boy. Well, no, that's not true. A lot of things for the end well, game were ports everywhere. Well, here's the thing. The good news is it got another release. The bad news is it was on the Gizmondo. Fun turn. So, but it, it is out there. And I will say, to put it in perspective, the Gizmondo version... Much easier to find, and much much more footage. And as you'll see, the footage I end up using is uh, not the best. Uh, Of course, this is a a game published by Electronic Arts uh, for the N-Gage. They did this one, and it was developed by Exient Entertainment. You ever heard of them? Nope, me either. (laughs) Uh, So, what in God's name is SX Tricky, Brent? Now, this series has been around for more than a cup of coffee, uh, do you remember the first time you played this was on the, uh, was PlayStation 1? <clears throat> is that what Uh, No. I do remember this back in the day. I do not remember what I played it on. Uh, I've always enjoyed these type of games. They're usually good, stupid fun. Yeah, well, guess what? You're back for more. <laughs> so, and if you're watching at home, the footage I've got is a, is a God bless uh, 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 the fellow. It, it, this is shot directly from his end gauge. It's the best I could do. So, What do you do in this wacky game, Brent? Well, it is, in fact, a snowboarding game, and it is the first handheld SSS game there was. Wow. Yeah, so kind of neat. So you uh, have multiple options in this. uh, When you start the game up, it comes up, it has... uh, Digitized music, yes, like you would expect. Which we'll get into that. And all their looping goodness. Yeah, it's got uh, um, your main menu comes up. It gives you the abilities to do like a uh, sort of a, a world circuit, then like a race. Then you've got a thing where you can race a shadow. Uh, the sh- uh, the good thing about it, again, this is the engage. It's connected worldwide, so you can actually do stuff like download record times and race yeah. against that old stick. So you're racing against someone else's record for, you know that was good at the game. You can download those. Uh, it also has a multiplayer, which we'll get to in a limited capacity. Uh, and once you select your choice, like for example, let's say you want to take the circuit on, uh, it gives you the option of picking your uh, your uh, snowboarder. Yeah. Uh, there are ten snowboarders. You can pick uh, two, I believe, at the start, and may maybe three, and the rest of them are locked. Okay, it's that stick. So this is one of the classic games. Where you're unlocking uh, uh, other skateboarders to go out and and use, uh, and they have their own stats. You can get into a uh, debate on how much those matter. I'm sure they matter a little bit. Oh, they matter if you're really good. Right. So it didn't <laughs> We're not really good. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> uh, and uh, once you pick your snowboarder, you get the option to pick where, like, which slope you want to go onto. Again, more of these unlock. I will tell you, uh, folks, in full disclosure. To not unlock a lot of stuff in the old SSX uh, because uh, uh, when we play these again on the end gates, the controls uh, you know we've heard were suspect. Okay, well I can tell you right now the controls we played with were the worst, the dirt worst. They we weren't to, the worst. We, but had they're had to, not good we had to play them on Brits on the Brits phone screens. So there weren't any actual tactile buttons; They were just hitting, touching screen. So, but I mean, still, if the, if they worked. I mean, by God, you can still play them. Uh, so. Uh, Once you pick your racer and you pick your uh, your course, then you or your uh, your slope, then you pick the course, and they've got different courses, including just downhill runs, uh, more like trick based runs, and even have runs that go into the city. Uh, And each one of them has a cute little name, and then you're off. Now, um, we've seen from our J2ME episode that a lot of games of this type. Uh, that we, that were that had came off of a console uh, would be sort of you know, mobiled up. Uh, for example, uh, games might be uh, turned from a third per- first person, first-person shooter to a side-beat-em-up. Right, game, or a right? top-down, or something more uh, useful for a phone That's environment. Right. Engage was like, screw you. Yeah. We're not doing that. This is a fully realized, full 3D SSX. It's got, I mean, it's For better exactly, or worse. It's exactly what you would expect. Uh, and the graphics in this, I thought, were uh, quite good. I mean, given, the, I mean, listen, you can see it on the screen if you're watching. This, playing these games on a 2.1-inch TFT phone screen must not have been fun. <laughs> I will say we played on Brent's large. Hold up your phone. Now. Well, yeah, it's, it's a large phone, but it actually makes the screen about the same Right, size. but I'm saying it's it's a better screen. So oh we, yeah. So when we talk about this, is just like when we played some of those weird foreign like bootleg consoles. The emulation is going to make this look better than it ever was in real life. I guess is what I'm saying. I do. It is. So, <clears throat> but with all that said, I thought I found this quite a a, a looker. It looked, the backgrounds look nice. Now, the SXX games always had a problem for me, and that was when you get slightly off course Yeah. on these. You well, can there's get, exploration. No, there's not. There's exploration of a rock face. There's exploration <laughs> of, the, of the corner of a bridge. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's hard to get back in. You can get turned upside down and get confused. So you did have that. Anyway, so once you start down the hill... Uh, anyone can just ski down the hill. That's for geeks. All right. What you're gonna want to do is you're gonna do tricks, man, because it's tricky. Except it's not. Uh, and then this is no exception. Uh, your buttons on your phone will do your uh, will do your trick. You've got a jump button, and then you and when you jump up in the air, you can you can use the game pad to spin around and do a, grabs, do reps, Yeah. Do grinds, and there are plenty of opportunities as you get on the course. You can also pick up uh, pickups give you points sometimes they'll speed you up a little bit uh, as you go down through uh i found the gameplay on this typical of ssx if i'm honest uh, i will say that the 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 screen setup being in a vertical position as opposed to the more standard four by three at the time yeah it actually works okay for this sure because you don't need that much side view it works better than you would think, because you can still see everything in front of you, and it actually gives you sort of a nice perspective, and it gives the world more depth in terms of visually because you can see more of what's ahead of you, up like up in the sky and so. So I didn't mind that too much, uh, if I'm honest. <clears throat> now, Aaron, what did you think of the draw distance of this game? I thought it was good. I, 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 I thought, thought it was pretty good. I thought it was real good. I thought it was adequate. Yeah, yeah I mean, for I mean, in a game like this. Where you don't have to know everything that's ahead, but as long as it's because you'll get to it, you know it's not going to jump out at you. I thought it worked pretty well. Uh, the uh, uh, there's a map on the side that tells you where you're at uh, on the course as compared to the people you're racing. This is one of those games where winning the race is so almost secondary to actually getting racking up a lot of tricks, much like the uh, other SX games uh, when you are like Tony Hawk or something, you can do your trick. But that you will get you'll get more points for doing varied tricks for chaining tricks together. Yeah. Uh, for you know, and you and when you uh, jump up in the air, you can perform uh, various spins and leaps. And then there are certain areas where there are more cliff type jumps, so you get big, big air. Yeah. And you can really go crazy and chain together some nice stuff. You can also sm- like maul yourself uh, and fall on your head and whatnot. Of course, you just get back up. Uh, uh, so I didn't have any trouble with that aspect of the game. You know, overall, you know, it's an SS... It was very much like an SSX tricky game with, in your case, not good controls. And not, it looks... But, I, I mean, on a phone at the era this came out, this would have been mind-blowing, if you ask me, yeah. to see a game like this. Uh, I'll, now, I want to talk about the sound. This is where the game literally launches off a cliff to its death. The very first game we played of this, uh, I picked this the standard downhill. I picked the, I picked the very first course. And it plays the line of the song, uh, Signs. Well, yeah, that's the first line. You know, the, the sign says, long hair, nigga people need not apply. And it played that over and over for like five minutes. And this was the first course of well, a series of it, courses. And it played it over and over for the whole it, time. It, it, it's random. It, that's the, what song you get. And you can set it up to not include it. But yeah, but the, what Aaron's saying is the, the song loop for this particular song was really bad. Yeah, uh, it, like it, it wasn't w- even a loop. It was just one line with a drum beat. That it, was it. Well, no, it was it was it was a song, ish. But yeah, it was it was one of those things. Why do you even include this in your game? Um, but there are there are full songs in this or full-ish well, songs. Yeah. Usually, a, a three and a half minute song might be trimmed down to to two minutes fifteen seconds, that sort of thing. But there's a good selection of songs. Uh, I actually thought the sound on this was, was fine. I think the graphics on this was fine. I hated that, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was... That was. made me want to kill myself. <laughs> that song was pretty bad. I used to like that song, too. Now, I, now, listen. I will say this, and I pondered this when we did it. There's always the possibility that the emulation... Might be a little nutty, and maybe it's not but like not this in the real game. I don't not, know. I no, would, that listen. Was... I'm trying to give the game the bit of production. I can't imagine they would design a game that would play the same line of music 50 times uh, in a row over well over it, multiple game courses. It, it, it absolutely happens. So, I so back to what I was saying. I think the sound is fine. I, I, the sound effects are fine. I think the graphics are fine. I think the game concept, the loop, the game loop, is fun. You go down, it has a plenty of courses. It has um, a decent variety of courses, different locales. I mean, it's always snowboarding or skiing. Uh, I think the tricks are okay. With the smallest size and the yeah. smallest characters, it, what you're actually doing gets pretty muddy. I, I couldn't tell if I was doing a trick or had fallen down. I yeah. mean, that's, and that's because your guy's small. Like, it's funny, your guy's small and gets that enormous backdrop. Yeah. And so it does. it's not the easiest thing to figure out exactly what you're doing. We didn't touch on some of the other wacky aspects of this game because it's the way to get, you can earn money to get new gear, get new boards, yeah. that shtick. You know, good luck seeing, having a good hard look at them when you're playing the game. But, <laughs> yeah, this is a full realized game. The startup load times on this game are really bad. Uh, the startup load time for this is almost a minute, uh, which is... Kind of mind-boggling to me. Maybe that's an emulation thing. I don't think it is. I think uh, the emulation that we're doing on this is is pretty close. Uh, But when everything is said and done, is the game fun? Is this, if you were into this kind of game, is this something that you're going to want to take with you and play on the bus or something like that? Well, first off, this is not a home console replacement for these type of games. It's just not. So that's completely out the door. But is it fun in its own right? Is it something you're going to go back to? Am I going to come back to this? Would I play this out in public or you know during the times? Probably not. And here's why: everything is so small and so garbled. Just because it's it's a small character on this big slope, you lose yourself a lot of the times. And the fun of this game for me. Yes, it is about getting to the bottom of the hill, but the fun for it is exploring, finding new paths, uh, doing incredible tricks, that kind of stuff, and that's lost on this because your main focus becomes get from point A to point B, and for me, that kills what makes the game fun. When I look at a game like this, it's a lot like when we look at old old games. I look at it in the in the, in the uh, I try to look at these games in the time when they were released. Right. And if when I if I had been at the house. And I saw, or I've been on the bus station. I saw a guy come by, and with one of these things, he's playing this thing. I would have been, I would have blown my mind that this was that you were getting this kind of action. Now, that if I, unless if I hadn't seen the GBA, right, which basically can do the can do games similar to this. I played games very much like this. So it's this is a, this may be a step up from the GBA, but it's not like it's like the, it's not a super leap from the GBA. Okay, okay. that's what I'm saying. Now that much said. It's still impressive that this was something that was out at the in the era it was. So, I think it looks good. It sounds, with, with a few exceptions, it sounds good. And it played, given our limitations, it played okay. Like, I got down the courses. I did pretty well. I could do tricks. I could do grind. So, I mean, was it a playable SSX? Yes. Would it be fun to unlock all the guys? I mean, if this is all you had, oh my sure. It would be okay. It would be okay. So I'm going to give this the it's okay seal of approval. It's now, okay. This also offered the ability to play multiplayer. Now, yeah. we mentioned the Engage had uh, two different types of multiplayer. It had sort of like a, the phone-based multiplayer, and then it had Bluetooth-based multiplayer. So you could play with other people, and if that's kind of a cool aspect of it that you wouldn't have gotten up to this point. And we can't really do much with it now, but it's, it's still kind of neat that you could do it. Uh, So that's kind of cool. And the fact that you can download the shadow races to go against, that's also fun. And it's a good alternative to race against a human because you're sort of racing against somebody else. Yeah. You can watch what they do, maybe learn some stuff. Uh, You you can also, of course, you're unlocking stuff in the shop. You're unlocking stuff in the store. There's fun to be had here. We've played much, 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 much worse portable games. Yeah. i that right now. (laughs) And so with with all that said, I'm going to give this the thumbs up. I think it's okay. I mean... Here's my th- hear me out. Right. You've got an engage, yeah. then you've got one. You've got to play a game on it, okay? Yes. This is a game. It goes in it. You're playing it. If if you've got the engage, that's all you've got. And you got to play I think this is a decent game to have in it. That's all I'm saying. You could do worse. That's right. <laughs> um, I looked up reviews. I looked a lot of reviews up on these engage games, and they actually reviewed. A lot of them reviewed pretty oh, well. Oh, the check definitely cleared on a lot of these games. So, 1UP gave this an A-. minus. No. Uh, yes. Uh, all, all About it. Engage gave this an 85%. No. IGN, 75%. GameSpot, 6.9 out of 10. <laughs> a Gaming Target, 6.5 out of 10. It kind of slides down from here. Uh, GameSpot, 2 out of 5. Uh, Digital Press gave it uh, 3 out of 10. I would say it was... I don't think it's 3 out of 10, but I think it's okay. I love Consoles Plus. Twelve out of twenty. It had to be cool. Yeah, I would say this is a solid C minus title. You yeah, know? I mean, I, and I don't know not played the Engage library. I don't know what average is, but I think this is a fairly playable, decent title. Well, I'll tell you what, the Engage was far more suitable for either strategy games, turn-based games, board games, that sort of thing. And let's review while with my game, Aaron. Yeah, so that's that's what we got. We need. And since I had to change my game on a fly, I don't have any, I don't have any reviews for this one. But I can tell you that it was, uh, it was okay. That's basically the way I'd go. Now, Brent, you had all week to sit down and and play with your game uh, before, you made, your, you, had all, before you made before you made your decision. Well, I mean, I made my decision. I just couldn't make it work. And so, what <laughs> did you ultimately end up picking? I had to pick a classic. I had to go. Into the popular engage titles and say, "What are the people talking about?" Uh-huh. And Aaron, they were talking about Call of Duty. Is that the what N-Gage. they were talking about? These people are idiots. Um, real quick, let me give you the old statistical runes uh, published by Nokia, developed by OmegaSoft. Let me tell you some things about OmegaSoft. There is nothing out there about Soft. I've never Soft. heard of Omegasoft. Well, there are a billion game companies called Omegasoft. All right. But the one that made this game, this is their only game. Can you imagine that? Hey, fresh new company, have <laughs> this incredibly popular, incredibly profitable uh, game property. Go. It's your only game. <laughs> it's your only game. So Gutsy. Gutsy. Ome- Omegasoft. I... I wish there was more about you I could say, but you have literally fallen off the face of the game. Cool Your name though. I Man. don't I don't hate the name. Uh, game was released in the end of two thousand four, uh, and it is the classic World War Two shooter. It is basically a, a port from the uh games that you know, on the Playstation and uh the ncc4 and I everything i i actually played this one when it came out not on the gate. so I'll, yeah i have some basis on this one <clears throat> and if you've been living under a rock or something this is a world war two shooter first person you run through multiple ca- campaigns as the u.s as the british um doing objectives and it, it's it's not open world it's not free form it is objective based get here do this thing get here do this thing and um yeah incredibly popular series they've made dozens upon dozens of these games they this at one time was the most profitable franchise in gaming history <laughs> um and it literally comes out for everything everything as noted it comes out on the N-Gage. So, now let's talk about the in-game version of this game. Yeah. <clears throat> first things first, the sound on this game, top flight. Holy cow, is it good. You know when you lead with the sound, you know it's going to be down. <laughs> I've never heard you lead with the sound before the, the cliff nears. So, great sound, <laughs> volume and everything. The, the sound of this is really good. The, the gun uh, noises, the impacts... The voice acting, uh the what? ambient sound. Oh, well, I mean the voice acting. Hey, come here. Well Go. It, ah! oh no that's not like there's it's no not no, like no, there. no, that's not true. They play out full scenes with full audio. Wow. It has the, the cutscenes for the game are uh what, using the in game engine. So the sound is fantastic. Some the the all the uh classic Call of Duty things, like when you fire your last shot and it ejects your cartridge and it has that bing noise that's in here yeah good good stuff visually this game's actually pretty impressive in some regards um the the it's all 3d the only i don't think the the only 2d part of it is the the interface your gui um it's a very ambitious process because you can tell that they really went out trying to make this look good. And I think it looks okay. Uh, The problem is the frame rate is poor. Um, And there are times when you uh, can't see what is shooting you and you're being shot because the draw distance is so low. Um, I always have heard jokes about how low the draw distance is and it's not good by any means but it's actually not as bad as the memes make it out to be but it's still bad it's got memes oh yeah. you know it's bad they got those (laughs) um so the graphics mixed bag i'm gonna i'm still gonna give it the thumbs up i think everything looked pretty decent the guns look decent i think the environments look okay um Within the context of when this was released and what it was. Right. Well yeah, yeah. You have to remember all that. I don't know what they released with GBA for this, but I would wager it wasn't as detailed as this. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So, um mixed bag still I think it's good enough. Now let's talk about gameplay. Yeah. I have never been so surprised and disappointed. By a game as I was for Call of Duty on the end game. No, now, now wait a minute. Stop uh, right there. You've never in your whole life been more disappointed, and there's a reason. I going to hear that. Okay. This. Yeah. This is not some why by night game title. This is not some one off. Let's make some crappy game and get some money. This is Call of Frickin' Duty. I think that's exactly what it is. No, because Call of Duty wasn't Call of Duty in the back in those days. Yes, it was. Even the even the first entry in this, in it came out for everything because it was so popular. I had high expectations for the game. I thought I, I knew about the draw distance. I knew it was all that kind of stuff was crummy. I knew the frame rate was kind of chuggy, especially in places where you've got a lot going on. But I thought the one thing they would get right is the gameplay in it. Because there were other shooters on the Engage, uh, some of which I looked at, that do okay in this regard. Okay, So it's not like the Engage can't do it. It can do it. This game can't do it. Yeah, because Tricky had better draw distance than this. Well, I mean, it's out of bounds. I, I'm not talking about the, the draw distance that made this bad. I'm talking the gameplay is bad. The gameplay choices. Here's what I mean. When you start the game, it uses literally every button on the engage. Okay? So that is 12 buttons for your right hand and the directional pad for your left hand. That's insane. Their, their choices are also just ridiculous. They try to do actual aiming. Actual up, down, left, right aiming. Yeah. Which means the left, right on your thumb is not strafe, it's aim. So you actually turn left and right. So the entire time you're playing, it's like you're driving a tank. You move up, you turn, you move up you turn. Your thumb, the other pad, is where all of your other functions come in. You aim up and down. You strafe left and right. You have a button for pickup. You have a button for fire. You have a button for map. You have all these buttons. It's so needlessly confusing. They Instead of saying, We've got to make this to be played on an engage. Yeah. They said we're gonna make we're gonna bring the home experience to you. No, no, that's not what you should do. When you put your crosshairs on someone, uh, an enemy, it turns green. Why would you do that? And when you put it, when you put your crosshairs over one of your buddies, it turns yellow. The heck? Why would you make that decision? Why would you make someone? aim up and down and it's it's used constantly it's used constantly it's not like every once in a while you have to look up to shoot someone it's used all the time the very first board you're in a trench section if you run on the outside of the trench which you can kind of do you have to aim down to shoot people if you're in the trench you have to aim up to shoot people that are not in the trench it is unplayable with this And you know that they figured this out at some point. Because unlike any other Call of Duty game ever, you can save this at any point. Any point. You can just pause the game and hit save. And if you don't, your only checkpoints are the beginning of levels. And I can tell you something, folks. You're not going to get off the first level unless you save every five feet. Because you literally have to walk up, find out where the enemy is, die. Load the game walk up, shoot before you can see the enemy, start aiming before you can see the enemy, kill them, and then repeat the process for the entire level. Aaron, how far did you get in this? Don't say anything else. How far did you get into it? Not far. How many people were you able to get past? I got... Two. I watched you play. Well, no, I got. I killed more than two. Two. I chose you, of my own guys. When you reload them. the game, that doesn't count as getting more kills. I got more than two. <clears throat> at least three. The beginning board, you're taking out artillery, uh, and you aren't the one that plants the, the the bombs on the artillery. Your comrades get it. Aaron died. Over and over and over because he didn't understand that the guy was putting the bombs on the no, artillery. I knew what he was doing. And he would get caught in the explosion. Yeah. By it's, the way, thanks for telling me the first couple times. Uh-huh. You just let me die over and over. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, but these kind of gameplay choices are so bad. They should have made this. First of all, they should have made it sprite-based. There was no reason to go full 3D. Second of all, Never go they should 3D. have gone Doom Aiming where you don't have to worry about the Y-axis, the up-and-down axis. You just auto-aim. There is no auto-aim in this. You have to precision-hit everything. Everything takes a million shots. The choices on this are just endlessly bad. I hate it. I hate it. Well, what do you think about it, Aaron? I think this was a very... I think Omega Soft uh, were underserviced here because I think they... I think... I'm um, Seriously... There's a certain amount of programming prowess that it would take to do what they did. It does. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough programming prowess to do what they did and then make it a game. They just managed to smush it all in there. But I mean, it is the 3D elements in this are pretty are pretty impressive in my opinion. Yes, to Uh, a certain degree. Now, and you're right. The draw of this is, of course, horrible. And the one thing about it is again, keep in mind, we played on a, a. a fairly comparable size screen, and the problem yes. is yeah, yeah, the the when emulation you turn this on your side, yeah. the left and right is blacked out for your controls, and then the center part is just what you've got your screen. Yeah. on. that's how we had it set up. That's how we played it. So our screen was probably 15 percent bigger. Yeah, but it was very much the engage experience. Outside of this, is obviously a better screen. Yeah, so. But I mean, unlike uh, SSX Out of Bounds we played, where you've got a very a small character on like a, a large detailed backdrop. Yeah. Okay. And it was in three D, and so you had an a, a idea how, of how to gauge uh, uh, distance and what was coming up, and you could see what this game you're you're big. You're, yes. you're the view is big and drawn in, and you're right up in it. You're yeah. right on top of stuff. I think they would have been more well suited to have done a game like this that was not as cramped. I think there's too much stuff on the little screen to, to try to take it all in. Let's pretend the draw distance is fine, just for a second. It's not, by the way, but let's pretend. Okay. You're still cramped. There's so much stuff crammed onto the screen, and unlike uh, SSX, you really this game has done no favors by being in the in the vertical. Uh, position as opposed to being wide because it it, it doesn't do that doesn't help this game right because enemies come from both sides right, as you, well as above and below yeah right, so and it, yeah you're right so there's that number one number two it does clunk along I mean it's it could it moves pretty well if you can share what's happening but it's not what I would call the smoothest thing and again these different little tidbits add up to make the game more confusing okay yeah. then you throw in the draw distance. Then you throw in the fact that there's like a uh, uh, 50 million buttons. Like, why do I have to hit a button to pick something up? Why do I have? To why up a- auto pickup? Yeah. Not a thing. You have to pick up your ammo. You have to pick up your health, which there's not nearly enough of. And your guy's made of toilet paper. Uh, he dies in an instant. Th- this was a very, I mean, you've got to give Omegasoft some credit because it was very ambitious. Because what what would have been what we're discussing would have been an easier game to make. The amount of yeah. the difficulty to make this game... I can't even imagine the fact that... I mean, they wanted to make this just like a PC version. Yeah. The, and they didn't have to. No. They should have given you one gun per level, maybe or an, up, an automatic upgrade where you just go to the next best gun. They should have made this uh, Doom-style controls. Like they said no up and down. No. Uh, they should not have had that. And they should have made the levels more conducive to gameplay like that. Here's another problem. You can't. You couldn't play this game if you just went there and just didn't move your rifle up and down. You would not. You would die. Yeah. So there's no way they could go retrofit the making it easier because it wouldn't fit the the le- They'd have to redo the whole game. I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. I played on the lowest difficulty and I couldn't get anywhere, Harley. Yeah. It was super hard. It's not because I suck. It's because it's confusing. It was hard to follow the action. And the screen, the draw distance on the sides is so small because there's so little room, it's hard to get your bearings. It's hard to navigate. Then they've got you immediately going into like a, a trench, and you would think that would help you, but it doesn't because you get turned around easy. Enemies appear above you, so you have to stop negotiating the trench to try to aim upwards to hit the enemy. It's confusing to, to do that. Uh, um, it's a shame because as we watched the video of this game, it go, it, it's a pretty substantial game. It goes into a lot of the elements of Call of Duty's Famous for. It. I like the Call of Duty, the early ones. I thought yeah. were cool. You know, I thought they were fun. Uh, in fact, those are the only ones I really like. I think this game was so ambitious that it actually crippled the game. Absolutely. And if these guys had taken a step back, because I think what they did was they created a title... Without considering the platform they were creating for, they saw that raw power. They're like, "Hey, I think we can do this," and they did, more or less. uh, But they didn't consider how you would play it, what the screen would look like. I looked at some other games in this thing just to see what other kind of stuff. And a lot of the games do consider this. And so you've got you've got lots of top down racers and top down games where you're looking from above because that that meshes better with the screen orientation and the resolution of the screen, and the controls were simpler because you don't need 10, 15 buttons that are part of a phone. Yeah. So I think this was a a failure, but I commend the studio for being ambitious. But this is one of those scenarios where being too ambitious and even sort of pulling it off actually crippled the game. In fact, Megasoft did more than even that. Uh, They went above and beyond. They had four-player deathmatch set up. That's, that's incredible. Uh, uh, through Bluetooth connect- connectivity. They had DLC for the game. They had three additional maps that you could uh, purchase and download to expand you know, the Call of Duty experience. I think someone uh, at Nokia got a hold of these guys at Megasoft, gave them the same corporate... Sh- uh, uh, pitch that they gave everyone else. OmegaSoft thought, thought that the Engage was going to sell 100 million units and they tried to make a game to live up with that kind of hype. And they didn't need to because the Engage never got that popular. Fun fact, Aaron. The other game I was thinking about checking for this, yeah. was going to be uh, a baseball game, MLB Show. MLB Show has the sales records of how many units were sold in North America. How many units do you think were sold in North America, Aaron? I don't know. The <coughs> wild guess. Uh, over the entire lifespan of the game. 7,000? 153. <laughs> oh, man. That's bad when you're in triple digits. Not good. 153. So, that, that just shows you the Engage couldn't live up to the hype. And you got a review for the old uh, uh, Discord for this? We do. We did get one. Again, this is also uh, from our buddy uh, Pajaka, who writes, "A laggy brown mess that is borderline unplayable. Given that games like Ashen run perfectly well in the Engage, there's no excuse on yeah. why this should run so badly. Oftentimes, you will be shot at, but turning to face your enemies so slow, you'll lose loads of health before you can even get a shot off. We should mention, by the way, that killing enemies this no easy feat to take, like, five bullets or yeah. something. Um, and the draw distance is so low that you often won't see your enemies even when they begin to the firing at you. The only real way to progress is to die and memorize where the enemies are on your next playthrough. Yep. And when you die, cut straight to a static, you failed screen with no instructions on how to continue playing. You press free. That's something else Brent just sat there and let's watch me struggle trying to figure out. You're a jerk. No. People people don't realize that you're evil. You needed the experience. No, you said right there. Uh, You'll need to pick up weapons, ammo, and health. And the only way to find them is to walk over them or briefly see a pop-up message. That's right. So you didn't get to pick them up. I really have played this about 30 minutes before giving up. This is not the end gauge's finest hour. This is really Call of Duty, spelled a duty style. (laughs) Uh, Play Ashen or Red Faction said three out of 10. Uh, so there you go. He also has a generous. he has a note here. I worked on the J2ME version of Call of Duty, and we only had about nine weeks to make it. So it's possible that the developers of the Engage One were under similar time constraints. I didn't know Pajaka worked on that. That's kind of cool. That is. So we got one of the guys that actually has, has some history with the Call of Duty franchise. You know, I was looking up just for fun while you were sitting there yammering on. I thought to myself, I wonder if you could get these Engages uh, today. You know, and play them, and what they're going for. Right. Let I me mean, tell you something. If you're looking for broke engages, gauges are you're, you're in business. But actually, you can get an engage for like like right here's one an engage QD. Yeah. Right. Completely worked over, and it's right now. It's a buy it now for like sixty one bucks. So these things are actually out there for the picking. Uh, if you're interested in picking one up, did you would you ever consider buying an engage Brent? No. What? Well, <laughs> why not? Why? Why would you even ask that? By the way, in case you're wondering, Call of Duty on the Engage. If you want to pick this beauty up, uh, here's one right now. Buy it now, sixty nine bucks. CIB, not too bad, Brand. If you want it, so you can get you can get this game and the Engage for under 150 hundred uh, and fifty. My game, there are there doesn't look like there any around here. Let me see if I can find one real quick just to have a look. Oh, here we go, hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, that probably is a little bit much. Here's a hundred. So yeah, there you go. It's funny that the end gauge costs practically nothing and then the games cost a ton. That's, that's usually the way it goes. Uh, no, I, I would never consider owning one of these. Uh, I have no nostalgic feelings for it. And it's not a device that I'm going to run and to play all their exclusives for which they had basically none. What do you mean? SSX? Out of Bounds was an exclusive. No, it's still a port, though. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It was on the games against Mondo. My bad. And it... Which is worse, this or that? Ooh. <laughs> that, that's a debate for the versus tab. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, please never book that. <laughs> Holy smokes. With that in mind, we need to get out of here. Let's run for the hills. Get the wheel, Brent. You know, thanks to whoever picked the engage, we'll get you sometime down the road. Don't worry about that. Um, what's on the wheel this week, the brand? The Retro Rewind is the Sword M5. I remember nothing about that. <laughs> and, um, I added a piece. Oh, I believe it's the Apricot F1. Maybe it's the new piece. I added it last week. I don't know. There's a new piece on there somewhere. Dumb, it's a I sack st- of hammers. God, you're going to break that thing you spent so hard. And the winner is... please. Please In be game kind. two, no. Wow. What do we get? Wow. What do we get? Holy moly! Would you just tell us what we got? A calculator game. Oh man! Oh gee. <laughs> Who suggested that? That is from Jason Warren's Warren Calculator game. You hoser, you screwed us again. Holy moly, we are just moving back, just back through technology. Now, wait a minute to Brent. Hold the phone. You were a big-time fan of that one TI calculator. TI-85, baby, yeah, one and, of the best and, calculators and I know of all time. For, I know for a fact that you played games on this thing. Like I you wrote games on the TI-85. We're not playing any of your duds. Were there any commercial games released for calculators to Brent? No. no. I was afraid. What kind of stupid question was that? <laughs> At least not in my era. I was afraid he'd say that. Ooh. Okay, I guess we're going to find out. Are we going to pick a certain calculator or just wide open? TI-84? No, T-I- no, no, no. I'm going to pick any calculator. I'm not I'm not going to appear to that. I'm going to... Because I, I need wide berth here. I'm not going to get to an emulation hell like I did this week. <laughs> I'm going to find some calculator... <laughs> What I can? What if I spell like boobs on there? Is that a game? <laughs> can I do that? Only if it's in hangman. Oh man! So or hang woman. Oh, oh, remember man. that? Next, look at that. It, TSI Matt says he's got a TI 86. So there you go. Bam. We'll be coming over, Matt. Um, so do we have any uh, info you want to throw out this week, to Brent? I no. definitely want to pitch a couple things here, as you know. Listen, we're just a couple weeks away, Brent. Uh, in fact, we're less than two weeks. Uh, it will all go down. May 21 is the date I'll talk about, 2022, and that's the date of the International Computer Club. I see some Computer Club participants in the chat today uh, over there, and some that have have been in it in the past, and some that are going to be in it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It goes down at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. International Computer Club is a uh, uh, gathering of folks who get together to talk about their various projects. Their book reviews, computer and uh, console modding, uh, games they're working on, programming tips—the whole nine yards. If you're interested in participating and uh, doing a demonstration during the show, please don't hesitate to head over to our Discord, the Amiga Retro Gaming Discord, and go to the International Computer Club. There's a sign-up sheet; We're still taking sign-ups uh, to show your wares or whatever you'd like to do at International Computer Club. Uh, if you just want to watch the show, it will be broadcast live on Twitch, uh, and you can even set in on the show. And if you don't have anything to display, just to be there uh, with your uh, presence, it'll be on Discord. If you're not a member of the Discord, but would like to uh, show your wares or, or participate in some way, feel free to send me a note at dot mail.com should be a lot of fun, the brand. Uh, what yes. what do you got coming up? Uh <clears throat> Here in just a few months, yeah. we got Boat Fest. Boat Fest. Let's and talk you, about it. You can go to boatfest.info to find out all the info about Boat Fest. It's funny because every time we talk about Boat Fest, I have to go there to make sure I get the dates right. So it's uh, Friday, June 24th and Sunday, June 25th. Soon I won't have to do that because it'll, be, it'll be coming up quickly. Uh, will be. It's all going down there in uh, in uh, Taze Valley, West Virginia uh, at the Holiday Inn Express. Uh, right off, conveniently located, directly off I sixty four, Brent, and it should be a lot of fun. We have got a good packed crew coming down. The Canadian contingent of uh, uh, Frank from Richard Rewind bringing down a lot of his wares. I was talking to him last night. Listen, if you're anywhere near here and you've got stuff that needs to be worked on, made, why pay the shipping? Bring it down, Frank. Will <laughs> why pay the a- shipping? Pay the ticket price. Right. Hey, I guarantee you, twenty five bucks <laughs> for two days is cheaper than what you ship your crap That's back true. to. Come down and just hand it to Frank. Say, here, I'm I'm here. Take care of Venice. He'll be doing stuff at the show. You know, he's gonna be it's a working trip for him. He's bringing his two compadres from Canada, Jason Warren, who I'm gonna have a I'm gonna get to see in person and thank personally for this calculator of uh, piece he suggested, and also the world renowned L. Curtis Boyle, all hell, Coco Extraordinaire, that will be there. We're going to have all sorts of folks from all over. We're going to have a huge TSI contingent. We're going to have uh, people coming in. All of our buddies, our online buddies will be down. So if you're interested in coming to BoatFest, tickets are available at BoatFest.info. Check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, It'll be a good time. Uh, Brent, anything else we need to cover before we get the heck out of here? No. Oh, yeah, there is one more thing I want to cover. Yes. Please, uh, if you would. Uh, check out uh, Amigos Stream Team, the YouTube channel. Three words, Amigos Stream Team. Why do I mention that? What's that do they are, you ask? Well, I've started putting the pre-shows up on, the, uh, on Amigos Stream Team. So if you want to see what we do before we go live and record, uh, then you will be able to see that now. They're much more violent. Every week, is it gold? No. In fact, awesome. most weeks... Uh, it's it's I would say Platinum or Bronze or perhaps 10. Uh, but I did put a violent one up for last week that seemed to get a lot of interest. So if you want to watch our pre-shows, that's Amigos Stream Team, our sister channel to the Amigos Retro Gaming uh, Network. And we would appreciate it if you would give us a big subscribe. That's all I got Brent. Next week, it's Calculator Games. Oh, do you want to talk about your supporter video real quick? It took me 14 hours. Please enjoy. That's all. Right. Here it is. Adios, everybody. We'll see you next week. And all I can say after that show is Engage. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duck and Styles for our vector-style graphics, and Barkbit for our amazing music. If you like to help keep ARG spinning, you can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Just like these fine folks. DryerLent17 Laron Garout Templar Mar Z9K9 Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retrology, Air Shack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, Oh Wrong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushey, Brown W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Better Blitter, Kajako6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Bowles, Frodo and L The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name caught out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.